So, you want to be a better trader, better investor, make more profits, or just get a better understanding of the financial markets? This is the podcast for you. You are listening to Traders of Money, brought to you by Trade Delicious. Now your host, Jordan Mellor. So, I remember back in the start of 2021. Um, actually, you know what? It might have been... No, I'm going to go to the start of 2021. What What were you doing at the start of 2021? Where was Seoul Lockyer at, at, in 2021? Let's say January 2021. I was I was here at the office, pretty pretty sure. You're working. I yeah. was I was in this this weird <clears throat> spectrum between retail trading and and prop firm trading before I knew prop firm trading. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, so I, I was prop firm trading, but with investors' capital, not through a, through an institutional firm or you know the way most people do it these days. It was through people I knew and 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 raised capital. Yeah, yeah, family, friends, friends of friends, um, went through a little bit of advertising, got more capital in. Horrible experience. Do not <laughs> recommend doing that. It was a horrible experience. No, don't get me wrong. I, I loved it, but um, I've always been a, a pretty consistent trader and pretty disciplined within myself as well when I trade. But, gee, that was the the performance anxiety which comes through when, when doing that and the fact that you're getting a message at the end of every day from people that don't really understand trading telling you, hey, you know, we're in a drawdown or, hey, great trade. It, it's just so much heavier. And um, I remember speaking to a good friend called Anthony and at the time of doing this, I was creating an EA. Now, I'd never really... Work. Have you done much EA work before? Have you always been a, a manual technical trader? Yeah, manual technical trader. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was creating this EA and I, I've never been big into EAs and I know they have a limited time frame as well because it can't adapt to moving markets. But I created this one which was showing pretty decent results and I was, I was sharing it with my friend who worked up in uh, in Sydney at the time at a big firm. And um, what, what he was saying was, oh, you should go to, I won't name it, but you should go to this firm uh, and milk it while you can, like before it goes obsolete. And that was my first introduction to what the the internet prop firm was, the, the industry. I had no idea. I was living under a rock. Um, and that was my first, well, what's this? And, and I started diving into it. And it, I, I think it's fair to say it probably revolutionized my career uh, in trading, both from a profit aspect, from from a trading aspect, in so many different ways. And it got me thinking, I wonder if anyone else saw it in a similar way as I did. So I want to think back to when you had no idea what, what the prop firm, in, internet prop firm trading industry yeah. was like, and that first moment where you laid eyes on it. Run but me through it. Before I answer that, it's a good analogy. You know, when, when young people today, they start driving, they already have ways, you know, they start driving with ways. So they already mm -hmm. know what's, what road to take, what streets to go, where to go, right, left, whatever it is. And they never use, you know, the old maps that we used to, 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 to use. Mm -hmm. And today, I think when someone comes into the training world, they automatically get into the prop firm um, world or industry. So they don't have to go through what you did or I did, you know, collecting people from friends and family or investors and all that headache mm -hmm. in order to get some capital to trade. Okay, it's just they, they, they land in a very comfortable 
world of trading. Yeah. And, I, and I, that's one thing that surprised me as well is that some people aren't even going on their own accounts. They're going straight to prop firm accounts when learning to trade. And I was just right. like, that liberty would have saved me thousands yeah, I, I, going I, back. I, I mean, not- that's the same I would do today if I was just starting out. You know, I would get a, you know, the cheapest, lowest, you know, the most affordable trading account, prop firm account I, 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 can, I can get. Mm-hmm. And I start, I'll start from there, you know, because maybe I'll, I'll blow it like I would blow my own personal account. But if I don't blow it, then I get a great reward of that. So yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, back, back, back to what we were talking about. Your first impression. Do you remember it? Is it because so, because when I came across this, it was just pure skepticism. Um, and the reason I had that is because I had my way of trading, as you said. Um, we, we were stuck in our ways a little bit. Um, I knew how I liked to risk. I knew what drawdowns I was capable of and I knew what profit margins I was capable yeah. of. And now a lot of the industry out there is designed a little bit of a different way. And it's a bit like, oh, I don't think I can achieve that even though I am a consistent profitable trader. I can't achieve those results. So there was a lot of skepticism coming through. Um, and it took me a little while to get comfortable with the fact, but I'm just so interested in, in your first impressions. So I actually started out, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago in what today you would call a prop firm. The mm. only difference they had a, like a educational path you would have to go through before you get funded. Mm-hmm. But once you're funded, it's very similar to what we know today in the on- online prop firm industry. So when I afterwards, you know, met some of the big names out, out there of the prop firm world, I already knew the industry. So it wasn't a big surprise for me. But when I got, you know, funded by the prop firm taught me how to trade, uh, it was like mind blowing. It was, what? You're teaching me how to trade in order to give me your money and I can keep most of the profits. You know, how does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so it was too good to be true and it really was too good to be true i mean it was a great experience yeah i mean it is remarkable the way everything's moved because if i could go back to when i first started trading and i, I knew these resources and the thing is when when i started trading these resources were <laughs> were around i've only been trading uh going over like six and a half years now so um there were these these resources available. It was just, I was just living under a rock, apparently, too focused on uh, on retail trading. But um, yeah, and what I wanted to ask: so, so you've always been in a firm environment. You've always been um, allocating capital, whether it be your own or whether it be someone else's. You've been surrounded by people who are in that area. You're obviously being taught by a professional at the firm as well. Is there ever a time where you questions the people teaching you or maybe questioned the avenues you were being taken as a as a student Mm, as a student no because i really thought they were looking for my best interest because i was going to manage their money afterwards um of course later on i discovered there was much more in the you know content and you know, concepts like supply and demand, I didn't know back then when I just started. That mm-hmm. That's something I, I met afterwards, an institutional training, which is something I really improved my trading. But I didn't know, uh, you know, it wa- wasn't part of the curriculum of the um, of the firm I learned to trade off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I wasn't any skeptic or, or something like that. It was a very positive experience, I would say. 
I was chatting I was chatting to one of the traders um, earlier this week and he asked me a question which which stumped me a little bit uh, and and made me reminisce and he asked did you always want to be a trader um, and my answer is obviously no. I I, had, I don't have, um, for anyone that knows my background, I don't have a, a single family member that works in any type of finance related role. Um, we, we are just hard workers and, and, and grind away up that way. And um, I, I took this jump, which was way out of my comfort zone and way out of my family's comfort zone and, and everything about that. And I answered no, but, but we never know where path is going to take us. Where did... 20 year old soul see himself going where yeah. where were you running so i was a student and um i was working you know night shifts on a hotel to to make mm-hmm. some income to pay my you know my loans and my and my and my studies and everything mm-hmm. and of course at some point I'm, i was i'll go out on, on google and how can i make an extra income or or you know ex, you know a, a side income or something like that and I went, through, just great. <laughs> I, went, I went through everything, you know, like affiliate programs and uh, trying to advertise on mobile campaigns and network marketing and uh, so much things. And then trading came across and I started trading. I just went through one of the, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're still around, but one of the big brokers back then, mm-hmm. I opened an account, I had no idea what I was doing, but there was do this you, guy. Do you remember your first ever trade? Yeah. So it you was do. there with those guys. But the, the thing is, I opened the account. I don't think it's legal to do today what they did 10 years ago. But the, I, I got this guy from Spain calling me pretty much every day, telling me, you should put in more money. And just when I tell you, just go buy or go sell and you will make a lot of money. And I was, you know, I, I it was like a, like a trial account, like a $200 account or something mm-hmm. like that. And this guy was calling me to buy or sell. It was so stressing. I, I wasn't. I didn't know what I was doing, and I was just losing my money because of this guy. And when I tell him, "Well, your trade didn't work out," he tell me, "No, it's because you don't have enough money to make this trade um, work out. So you should, you know, deposit more money and try the, the next trade." So it was terrible. But I. But then I, you know. But then I came across with this firm, this this fund that I, you know, by someone told me about them, and I, you know. I'm very grateful I landed on the on their website and on their on their path because they really taught me what to do and how to read the markets. Um, but if I wouldn't met them, you know, I would, I would maybe I would just keep trading because there was no one to to, to learn about trading. I I do remember like baby pips being around, so it was mm-hmm. very basic concept that you know what's a pip and. Yeah, um, what is the forex or, market? Yeah, what's the forex market? But there wasn't, I, I don't remember a strategy there or how to really understand the markets or something very advanced. So I don't know if I would continue with that path. But once you get there, I, you know, after one year or two years, maybe, I got funded by this company because I finally successfully, you know, complete all the exams or tests and, and trials they, they, they give you. And and I just fall in love with trading. It was it's my passion since there. You know? I, th- I think to, to succeed in in trading, it has to be a passion. I know a lot of people force it because they want the money, but I, I just don't think you can get to that stage of where you make money unless you are like 
injecting <laughs> just Sorry. just this pure passion of always talking and and i know i mean as i mentioned none of my family went into trading or finance um, none of my friends were into trading or finance and i used to talk about it all the time to the point they would just get sick of it <laughs> they like, would go out and they'd just be like oh he's talking about work again it, it, it was just i was that annoying guy that was just constantly talking about the things that no one else cared about at the time yeah um Jordan, don't you think for every business, I mean, you can be an employee and don't work, you know, don't liking what you do and you just do your nine to five and do your work and, you know, don't be passionate and get paid for that. But if you want to start your own business or your own career, you have to be passionate about anything. You, you will not be a good lawyer if you're not passionate about laws. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it does fall into every category. Yeah. You have to, you have to have the drive and, and the want. Yeah. And if you don't see your job as, labor if you see your job is, is getting in you like you want to achieve something i'm personally i'm something that loves to see something grow um i, I there's times where some weekends i'll just go get a craft project because i need to build something with my hands and i need to see a finished product um and i i'm big on that and i know that that drives me and then if i can combine that with trading as well happy days and you can by growing your equity <laughs> but um it's yeah i 100 agree going back to your first trade do you remember exactly what it was no it was too long right. ago but i remember I, it was <laughs> I have my trade framed in my office my first ever trade it was on plus 500 um and i bought i think it was like two barrels of oil cfd I bought two barrels of oil and made a dollar and one cent. And and I was just thrilled. I was like, that is outstanding. I just made a dollar from sitting here on my phone. I was like, that is amazing. I went on to lose about 900 over the following hour, <laughs> like standard how it runs. Um, but I framed that because it reminds me every time I see it of, one, how far I've come. Because while everyone sees, oh, you made profit on your first trade, I... I constantly remember the $900 that was disappeared over the next hour. Um, but two, how simplistic it can be to make money in a market. Uh, right. Sometimes we overcomplicate it with so many different things. But it just reminds me, I made a dollar that day not knowing a single thing. There are simple ways. Now, I'm not saying just close your eyes and buy <laughs> assets. Right. Don't do that. You will lose $900. But I'm saying sometimes we overcomplicate things. And, and that's just something that kind of brings me back to ground. Speaking of that, bringing back to ground, I know personally going from retail trading to fund trading was a big jump. Um, yeah. Just mostly based off risk management and and that thought process of all of a sudden I'm risking a lot less than what I would on a personal account. And I know many people go through this as well. But moving into that fund area made me realize that I needed to be risking less. And as you are CPO of the Fivers, I wanted to get an idea of, do you see repetition patterns from the good traders and the bad traders at the firm? Is there like clear, solid lines which separates the, those who go on to make money at the firm and those who stick to the evaluation accounts? Yeah, so first I need to separate between the winning trades because there are some trade traders that make money one time or two times, but they're not consistently 
making profit mm. with us okay or they, at some point they just you know they, they don't hold you know more than six six months with us without blowing the account or something like that mm -hmm. and then you have the you know the the top traders, you know, those who have been around more than one year with us, trading with us, they trade very, very large accounts and they do have some things in common because we have talked to them and we have a close relationship with them. And then we can go and analyze the, their, their accounts and what they do. And, you know, we have conversations with them and they follow some th similar patterns. Um, and I would... Is, is this both technically and and outside of trading or, or are we strictly talking about in the way they make decisions and, and how they're acting um no not going into how they trade not mm. going into their strategies or whatever it is um but i think i would spot three important things they do they all of them do that and first they journalize they journalize their mm. trades so they keep track of their good trades and their bad trades. So some of them even, you know, take screenshots and, you know, they try to learn from the bad trade. And if they, if, if it was, a, you know, a losing trade, but still met all their parameters or their, their trade criteria, so they took the trade, so it's fine. It's just, you know, part of their losing statistics, but they, they journalize all they, all they do. I love, I love that you've brought that up because I was chatting to a trader not too long ago. Um, and the, the best way I put it, cause he wasn't journaling at all. And, and when I said, start journaling, it, this was in a PA meeting, uh, when I said, start journaling it, so you can come back in three or four weeks and I can look through your data and, and we can start dissecting where you need to improve or where you're making your mistakes. Um, the journal he sent me was, was his meta trader five statement. <laughs> with, with like a tick or an X at the end of the trades. And I was just like, like what? Like this. And the analogy I use, I said, say you're in line with any business, any business at all, or any job, there's going to be jobs you don't like doing, but you've got to do. If you want to succeed, you've got to do it regardless. There's going to be times you don't enjoy it. There's going to be times where you're doing things. It's just not fun or it's a bit of a uphill battle. Um, usually those things are the things that make you most successful. Those little bits of uphill battle. Um, and I think for a lot of traders, journaling is that uphill battle. And what I like to tell them is imagine you're trying to sell a business. You as a trader is a business and you're trying to sell it with an evaluation of a million dollars or something like that. The buyer is going to want to come in and vet that you are worth a million dollars. If you can't provide the validated information that you're worth that, you will never be worth a million dollars. Correct. As a trader, if you want to get to that million dollar value, you need to have all of the data to prove that you can. And if you have all of that data, even if you're a losing trader, but you have all of that data, it'll be very easy, especially for an outside figure to spot where you're going wrong and to curve that back in the right direction. So I'm very glad that that's one of the points you brought up there because it is a very common one that, that catches so many traders off guard. Do you, do you record your, your trade, Jordan? And yeah. if yes, you have a, a tool we can share with, maybe with the audience, maybe how can they start doing that or something? Uh, yeah, I can produce, I don't have one set up at the moment. Um, well, I do, but it has a lot of personal information in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I can, I can pull a template and, um, and maybe put it in the, in the YouTube description or something to, to give people an idea of, of how you can structure your, your journal. And I always say to everyone, I, I'll give them a basic template or saying, and just think the more data, the better. I'm like, right. you could you could start noting how strong was your coffee this morning? Like, I don't care what it is. 
the more data you have, the better, because you will find repetition patterns. Um, and and I find most of the time it's not analyzing the charts; it's analyzing your personal self, your actions, your, your emotions, right. how you how you're going, how you're vibing that day. Uh, that they're the biggest giveaways. I agree. Personally, there's two pivot points in my trading career. Once was the first one was start recording all my trades and my progress. Uh, and the second one was meditation. Th- those were my my pivot points in my in my career. But going back going back to to, to the traders, you know, to the yeah. high funded traders here, yeah, journalizing is one of the uh, you know the common patterns they I see uh, through them. Uh, the second one, of course, is taking the losses. You know, uh, learning how to to to, to take the losses. Um, not all of them use. Um, you know, visible stop losses orders, but they do take, the, they have the discipline to cut the losses when they need. If, even if they use mental stops, it's not something I recommend for the beginners traders. Um, so even if some of them don't use, uh, are using mental stops, they know how to take the loss and they take the losses. So they don't blow yeah. all, so, all of the progress in one bad trade. Yeah. So, so what, what you're saying is, is the guys that, that, don't quite hit the mark you, you see a pattern there or, or at least sorry the, the guys that are hitting the mark they're very firm and disciplined in they know when their analysis was wrong the odds were against them and they pull they pull out uh, whereas compared to some of the beginners they hold on or they try martingale it or they, they try to scale in or, or there's no there's no definitive decision making there they're kind of hoping correct and yeah. let me tell you some of them some of them they have a negative reasonable ratio so when they took one of those big losses, I see them having to work maybe an extra day or two days just to bring back the loss they took. But they take they take the loss because they if they don't take the loss, they would just you know be yeah. in a big hole. They have to yeah. go. Have um, you have you ever found yourself in in a big hole in trading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How bad? We, we on 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 our podcast we. On the Trader Pool podcast, so there was yeah. a, we made a chapter about our biggest biggest loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a long story, but yeah, I was scaling into a trade that was a few years ago. Scaling into a trade, and what the hell? The market has to go back at some point. So I find myself just scaling in and adding to the position. I know I know I would have got to 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 go out, but I didn't. Um, you know, in numbers, it wasn't. A very large, you know, it was like a fourteen thousand loss losing trade, but it was okay. so, so painful. It was yeah. yeah. To bring bringing that back was a long process because it was wasn't a very large account, so it was percentage percentage wise was a a large yeah. loss, and it was I, also you know, investors and family and friends money. So I, I, there was a lot of stress in that. It's a it's a long story, but yeah, I, I learned my lesson and never done that again since then. I did the. Pretty much the same thing. Scaled in a position I shouldn't be scaling in. Um, I was trading gold. I was on a hot streak. My confidence was through the roof. Come on, I can't be wrong. Trading investors' money uh, were laughing. Everyone's gassing me up. They don't really know what's going on, but they go like, oh, I've got profits. Thanks. Um, got into some positions I shouldn't have been in. Uh, managed to get out of them reasonably well. I, I finished with a net loss of about six grand, uh, a little over six grand. Um, but floating equity at one point was down like 32. 
Um, so yeah, I was, I was, oh, I was a mess. I was walking around the house just like, what is happening? Still with the position open, you know, not managing it, just freaking out. Um, called my partner at the time and was just like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, bit horrible, horrible situation. But I'll dive into that more into it in another episode of what actually went on and, and how that all works. But yeah, handling losses is a big one. Um, and not, I find most people just be like, yeah, just forget about it. You know, like just stop caring about it. It's a, you're going to get losses. I'm like, that's, that's you. A- maybe, maybe Jordan, you felt like a, I felt, I remember the sensation. It was a, like a physical pain when I took that loss. Oh, it was absolutely. physical. I, my I wanted to quit. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to stop trading altogether. So, I just wanted to throw it away and be like, nah, I'm no so good. Afterwards, I wasn't ready to go through that pain again. So I just never did that again. So maybe until you not get to that point, you don't really learn the lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Two two weeks after that event, I gave all the investors money back. I went, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not managing money anymore. I'm, I'm trading my own money or, or trading for institutional firm. Two weeks yeah. after. And I've never, I'm, I'm so glad I made that decision because looking back, my decisions were irrational and it was, I was getting too involved in it, but, um, yeah, no, there's no turning back from a big loss like that. It was yeah. it was gut-wrenching. And it was human error too. I knew what I was doing while I was doing it, which is the part that, that hurt the most. But yeah. Yeah, so so second thing you, you notice is is traders know how to cop a loss. They know when to get out. Yeah, so I, I guess for, for beginners, just set your stop loss. That's the easiest way to do that. Um, and the third one is they trade, they hold their trades long <laughs> for longer. You know, really? they're, they're, okay. So you're saying like swing traders have more success? Yeah, I, I for 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 a few hours, even some days. You know, they're really holding their trades. I, I we don't have a single, you know, seven figure or high six figure traders that they're scalping the the one minute chart. You know, wow. Or that's only that's an interesting statistic. They they hold their trades for longer. Uh, than the average i guess i guess the whole scalping and day trading scene is advertised as a get rich quick which is why a lot of people get in there you've got super low commissions trading in fx markets especially cfds um in and out of the market you know you pay 20 dollars for a day that you could make 1200 dollars compared to if you go in stocks you're paying like 20 dollars a trade um yeah, I, I can I can believe it, but I'm I'm shocked that those are the the actual yeah. statistics. That... No, and and don't get me wrong, you can make money. I love mm-hmm. the one minute chart and I use it, and it's mm-hmm. all good. Me too. Most of our traders or, or those high 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 funded traders, they don't they they hold their trades for hours, maybe days, while eighty percent of the traders they are day day traders they, or or scalpers. They just get in and out of the market the same day. Eighty percent of those. And these, a few higher traders, they're holding their trades for longer. That's interesting. Did, I wonder, I'm going to have to speak to a couple of these traders, I think, because I wonder if they, if it has, I'm I'm a fundamental trader. Right? I love trading the fundamentals, whether it's, it, it's not purely based on fundamentals, but I get my bias from fundamentals. Now, I know you're purely a technical trader and you not like trade. But I do get a bias from my fundamentals. You do get a bias from fundamentals. Okay. Um, but I know that there are other people at the firm, especially in the analyst desk as well, that, that are purely technical. And I think it's yeah. this interesting because, I mean, both are successful, right? And it's this yeah. interesting battle um, between 
fundamental and technical traders. So I wonder if if those higher time frame traders are analyzing more on the fundamental side of thing or whether they're just well you would have spoke to some are they just purely technical yeah but i can't, can't remember can't, can't can't tell that's a pattern or something like i mm. i saw across all of them they were fundamentals uh, i okay. guess most of them were they were technicals uh, i would i would tell but then yeah, they were trading the one the, the one hour chart the four hour chart the daily chart um getting those bigger swings yeah. I mean, even cheaper commissions, right? <laughs> like yeah. Spreads and stuff that don't that don't matter, and you can you can have small position size and make big profit trading those. Right. So maybe there's something in that um, to to be looking at. I, I I like swing trading, but sometimes I catch myself being a little impatient um, holding some of those positions. I, I'm I'm like yourself. I like trading those smaller time frames. I'm in and out within the Asian session, and I'm done. But come four o'clock, I'm I'm happy. And I think I'm I'm still holding a position right now. No, never mind. I'm out. Yeah, and this is the latest I'll go. This is that's yeah. a late trade for me, um, which is yeah, it's just interesting. So that they were the three biggest, I guess, incentives for most. Yeah, the last one, don't direct your trading to be higher time frame just because it's working for others. Because do take note to everyone listening and watching, you can still be very profitable day trading. Uh, don't don't say we're, we're saying day trading is not profitable. It is. Um, we're just looking at purely patterns that we've seen at the firm. Um, and you could argue that different, obviously, strategies and different um, ways of trading may favor different accounts as well. Whereas we, we offer that longevity um, at the Fivers and, and we can look for those long-term, like let's have a partnership for the next four or five years. Let's get you trading more than seven figures. Like let's get you right the way up there. Um, so there's also that aspect weighing in it as well what's what's next for the fibers where where's the fibers heading where where do you understand what i'm asking like where, where's the vision what what's next so that's um i need to be careful with the answer but we <laughs> we are we have some some cool plans i cannot disclose everything but mm-hmm. first we are intro- about to introduce a new kind of program there's a lot of demand for a specific type of funded method um, okay. and, and we have a lot of people requesting that so we're going going, going to give that and um, we want to try to meet our traders live you know once a year two two times a year or something like that so we are going to create these um, days trading days live so we are going to maybe once in europe once in the us so we can meet our traders and learn from each other have some conferences and so we're going to do those those events oh, and we're expanding we're you know the fibers is, is growing into more assets so we we've created this brand the tt trader pool brand mm-hmm. so trader pool is for for stock traders um since we we identify there's different personalities and it's a different audience you know the forex traders and the stock traders so we've created this new brand trader pool for stock traders um so yeah that's coming soon all that's coming soon that's fantastic it's great to see it growing and obviously being a part of it as well i mean i'm coming up one year um very soon being with you guys and it's just been some of the goals we've hit as well uh only being there for a year i mean i just see it growing and i'm the other side of the world uh, and we can see these things growing and and it's it's well that's the beauty of modern technology is the fact that we're able to do that and what about for you What's next for you? Are, are you still trading regularly? Are, are, yeah, are sure. you still are, are you in positions at the moment? Is there is there a cheeky little position we can 
we can scout from you or yeah. what's, your, what's your current bias? Yeah, so my long-term bias is, I know it's counter-intuitive, but I long, I'm shorting USD. Um, shorting the US dollar, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's very, very strong at the moment, but I, I think there's a lot of challenges, you know, worldwide challenges with that mm -hmm. and also for the US economy. So I'm slowly building into a um, euro, you know, euro USD, euro long. You're going long the euro. Yeah, but very slowly and on my very long term setups. Yeah. Okay. If you yeah. if you go me if you watch me trading, you know, intraday and scalping, I will go you know both sides. But on my portfolio, you know, my my long term setups, mm -hmm. I'm going short USD. Interesting. That's we'll, good. We'll, we'll see how that how that looks. Now it's in profit yeah. because I, I I scale into the yeah. scale into the the trade. Um, the way it broke the parity level. You know, to the downside, it was a bit scary, but it's already back there. So as I was as I was scaling in, now I can close my break-even trade, my parity trades for break-even, and now I'm holding on. You know, I'm very mm -hmm. positive trades. Well, I, I, I can see the yeah. the I can see common sense behind it. I mean, fear always sells, right? And and everyone's very scared at the moment. We won't dive too much into this because obviously it's not going to be relevant if someone's listening to this in, in four yeah. or five weeks, unless it might be. You might have just called the best trade of the year. But um, <laughs> I've, I, the fear sells a lot more and everyone's terrified of going into winter in Europe and, and, and everything at the moment with gas prices, fuel prices, everything that's going through the roof, the war. Um, and there is a big sell-off because of that. And you might be right. We might have bottomed on that fear. Like at the moment, the ASX, the Australian Stock Exchange, I'm building quite aggressively um, because we just dropped a lot more than what I believe we should have. Like the actual conditions aren't going to be as bad as what the market's perceiving. Yeah. Everyone sees a bit of red or a bit of news and they panic in, in markets, in FX too. And I think we've seen that in the euro, in the pound. We have seen this, this aspect of, of pure panic. And I can see it. I, I think personally, I think my positioning is going to be in commodities um i think silver gold all that stuff like over christmas time maybe building it into december um is going to be where where i'm looking at going but long us dollar yeah I, I, no I, I mean, i'm with you as i'm shorting us dollar no i'm short us dollar oh yeah I'm, sorry sorry yeah short I'm, short us dollar I'm yeah. shorting us dollar i am building i am buying gold with you same i'm buying stocks i know they're they're low now so i'm just Slowly buying, 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 and it might take a few months. You know, they might might take months or even years to recover, but I believe they will recover. You've been listening to Traders of Money, the podcast that helps you better understand the financial markets, become a better trader, better investor, and be more profitable. Traders of Money is brought to you by Trade Delicious. Join your host, Jordan Mellor, next time on Traders of Money.